You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMSCast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined today by a special guest, Ken Wallace. He's an expert in masterminding and has a masterminding kind of software experience called Mastermind Jam. You can find that at mastermindjam.com. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So my job in this interview is to represent the course creator and of which I am one myself and also create software for course creators and course creators, people who want to build these training based membership sites and coaching programs and all these things. um, They suffer from a problem that I call the five hats problem, which is essentially you need five very different skill sets. In other words, you have to wear five hats or be five different people at once or build a team to address the needs of the five different hats. Those five hats are being an expert, being a teacher, being a um, technologist, being a community builder, and then being an entrepreneur. That's a tall order for one person to fulfill. For me personally, I'm participating in, I've been to mastermind retreats, and I have a couple, like one more personal mastermind that I go to, and then uh, another business mastermind I go to, and then a fourth uh, just kind of mastermind event I do with some high-level players in, in my industry a couple times a year. So I'm, I'm a big-time masterminder, and I've gotten so much value of it. I'm, my business is still alive because of that. But I wanted to ask you, in light of the five hats problem, um, where you need to be a teacher, an entrepreneur, a community builder, a technologist, um, how and an expert, like how can mastermind help us attack the five hats problem? Ooh, good question. Well, I think um, the benefits to, to the mastermind for attacking that problem is you can come to the group, you, you come to your mastermind group um, with, with, your, with your cards open. You know, with you can trust the people there. You can be vulnerable, um, and to really talk about the issues that you're facing in each of those areas. Um, I don't think in any one meeting, in any one session, you're going to solve everything, all the questions that you have in all of those areas. But uh, attacking them one at a time with the other people in your group, um, you're you're going to um, um, be held accountable and get advice that you need to grow in each of those areas. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's not like you can flip a switch and then all of a sudden um, you can fill in your gaps. Yeah. In these different areas. What I think one of the things I've really learned from my experience masterminding, which I started doing, I don't know, a lot of people I think maybe first hear of masterminding from the book uh, by Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich. I think that's where yeah. I first heard the concept. Um, but the benefits I get out of masterminding definitely compound over time. There's not like a magic event. The first meeting you go to or the first connection or a new relationship, 
yeah. all of a sudden everything's different. I mean, there are some big ideas that come out of masterminds that are dramatic. Yeah. But the biggest benefits is how that plays out over time. Yeah. Um, so how, let's talk about that time factor. Like how often should a mastermind meet? Well, I, I will, I'll, I'll throw it back at you because it depends. You know, the yeah. answer to a lot of these questions is it depends if, if you're, it's a group of beginners. Um, and, and first of all, let me, um, let me start with a definition. So at mastermind jam, we focus on peer peer led mastermind groups of four to five people. Um, there are a lot of conferences that say they are a mastermind event. There are people that put together Facebook groups and they'll say, this is our mastermind area. Um, I know some, some founders that take a ski trip together and they call that their master, mastermind group. So what in the context of a mastermind group, like I'm talking about, like a peer led mastermind group, um, that's four to five people. Um, it depends on the business stage you're at and how fast your business is growing. So beginners, I always recommend that they meet weekly because the, your, your business is going to grow so radically from week to week. Um, your mindset will shift from week to week. Um, you may lose confidence in your whole business idea by, by Friday of the week that you, you know, after you, you've had a mastermind group meeting. So things change so dramatically for beginners, for people that either have not yet made any dollars in their business or, or less than five or $10,000 in revenue, things can move really quickly and you need maybe some weekly checkpoints to keep you focused, um, keep you accountable to the overarching vision, the overarching goals. But once a business is, um, quote unquote established, you know, say it's a, it's a, your, your business is grossing $2 million a year, you know, and you've got maybe some employees, um, Things don't change uh, week to week so much, right? And maybe a weekly meeting is too much. Maybe it's uh, a biweekly meeting. Maybe these are monthly sessions that are for, instead of an hour a week, like I might suggest for a beginner, maybe it's three hours once a month. Um, so you kind of have to play it by ear and, and really uh, be understanding and flexible with, with the stage that everybody's business is in the group. So how do you qualify the best group? There's a concept, I can't remember which author I heard it from called plus minus equal. Like you want to hang out with people that are at your lever, level that's an equal, whether that's revenue or business size or, or whatever. Uh, but it's also good to you know help some hang out with people that are a little bit behind you and some people that are a little bit ahead of you. And that creates like a really well-balanced thing. I'm sure when we go to a mastermind, it's never that everybody is at exactly the same level. And you mentioned the concept of beginner versus an advanced business owner. How do we create or how do we qualify a good group? Are, are revenue numbers a good way to do that? Or, or like a range of like yeah. this type of business? Or In a business mastermind and realize that masterminds are great for a lot of different areas of your life, right? So personal development, uh, hobbies, religion, uh, masterminds are all great. But in a business setting, um, we have some extra mass, um, metrics and facets available to us that we can use to kind of qualify people. And um, truly, when you sign up for Mastermind Jam, it's a it's a thirty two point question that you that uh, questionnaire that you go through. And um, so, revenue is an excellent indicator. Um, in a lot of ways, it's a it's a really rough um, way to measure. But in, a, uh, uh, in most ways, it's a good way to put people together into a mastermind group. Even if the net, even if your net profit isn't much, 
Um, if you're in a business that's, that does 10 million a year in gross sales, even if it's an FBA business where you're only making a hundred thousand dollars on that, it, it's, um, it's still a good indicator of, of how much work that business requires, how much care and feeding it requires, um, how many hurdles you've, you've, um, cross to get there? What kind of marketing budgets you're working with? Um, what kind of expenses you might be working with? What kind of um, um, employee issues you might be dealing with? So revenue is a really good indicator of level, like just the abstract quote unquote concept of level, business level. Um, and to kind of to separate the beginners from the more established people. Um, another one is whether or not you're full-time in the business. That's a really great indicator of where you're at. And it's not it's not positive or negative. It's like, it's not a, a way to look down upon people that this is still a part-time job or a side hustle, but it's just, it's just a way to put people together where they can get the most advantage out of the group. Um, we also match people based on a lot of other factors, whether or not they all have day jobs, whether or not they're all married uh, and, and, the, and have kids because people that are married and or have kids realize how that impacts the time they can put into their business, where your priorities are. Whereas if you're single living in your parents' basement, um, you, you might have 12, 14 hours a day to put into just working on your site, on, on, on your dream here. Um, but somebody with, that's married or has kids and or has kids, you might decide that I just want to work six or seven hours and then have time with my loved ones. And so, None of those things are right or wrong, but you want to be in a group with people with similar um, attention to their business and similar engagement with their business and a sim similar level of their business. So I, I try to, to encourage people to be in a group with people that are maybe a step ahead or a step behind, but in a similar journey. Because going back to your five hats, you know, you might be ahead of other people in your group in one of the hats. You might be a step behind in, in four of the other hats, you know. I might be great at marketing, but I'm horrible on the tech side or I'm hor horrible on, on, on other aspects of the business. And, and that's where I need help. So, um, I, th I think it's important to start with revenue, start with kind of lifestyle, um, how much time you're putting into your business and go from there. That's awesome. And just to drill into it even more, you mentioned, uh, the concept of a peer driven mastermind versus a guru driven mastermind, which definitely, I think leads into the, you know, power dynamics within a mastermind. I've yeah. heard you talk about like, it's better to have more than two people because that usually creates some kind of power dynamic or something. But can yeah. you speak to peer driven guru and then power, all that stuff? Yeah. When, when we're talking about power, we're talking about the size of the group and it, you know, it starts with the research that um, sociologists have done around Dunbar's number, um, which discusses how many interpersonal relationships that a human the average human can actually um, maintain and cultivate in their life. Which and is that, 150, isn't it? It's, it's right around 150. Okay. And then, um, but there's further study in the, in the same area of study that comes up with Dunbar's number, they, they break that down into subgroups. You know, what's the ideal family size unit. And, and if, if, you know, you know, prehistoric humans, if they, if they were in a tribal kind of setting, how big would that tribe usually be? And, and why were village sizes this certain size and, you know, in ancient Europe and, and there's a lot of studies in, 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 group dynamics. And so in a learning situation, in a small group, peer group learning situation, um, a group of two people is, is interesting because it gets really intimate really quick. And 
it may be increasingly difficult to stay candid and open and honest with the other person. Similar to a marriage, you start to really value the feelings. So you don't want to say certain things. You you do the white lies and you do, (laughs) you hold some information back um, to either preserve status or to, or, or prevent hurt feelings on the other side. And um, there will often form a mentor mentee relationship. And it's tough to break out of that. And it's really difficult to let it flip flop. It, it rarely goes back and forth evenly. And so it will just develop one person always takes the coach role and one person always takes the follower role. And, and that's not the point of the mastermind group. And then once you get above um, five or six people, if you're in a group of seven, eight, 10, 20 people, um, it starts to feel like more of a workshop and you, you, you feel less personally accountable to every other peer that's in the group. Um, which is fine. That's, that works for a classroom setting, for example, you know, that works in college, that works in high schools, that, that works in a lot of settings, you know, in the old Weight Watcher meetings were often 50 and hundred people and that, that works. But, um, you have to realize that in a, in a peer-based mastermind group, what, what I've seen work best is four to five people. Um, Odd numbers work good, you know, three or five, four person I, I have found is kind of the ideal situation. So I, I tell my groups to be around four to five. Um, and the reason being is um, it's, it's too small to form like two clicks. Like if you've got six or more um, members in your group, often you'll find the group kind of fractures into two subgroups of three each and it's two clicks and you'll get like warring loyalties and just weird things start to happen. If you've ever watched survivor or, you know, uh, things like that, it's, it's just really interesting how that works. Um, so I always tell my groups to stay around four to five people. And that's just, that's to answer your question about group size and power dynamics. Um, the, the other question about peer based versus guru, guru driven, um, a guru driven mastermind is, is really common because a mastermind is, is a really popular upsell um, in a lot of offerings that you see in personal development and business and entrepreneurship these days on the internet. And it feels like an, an easy thing to, to sell people. Um, but often it turns into um, more of a buzzword, a mastermind group as a buzzword. And it's really a workshop or just a community, which by the way, not discounting the value of those two things, but let's just be clear about what the de- definitions are. So if y- you are, say, a course creator, and in addition to the course, everybody who takes the course has access to your private Facebook community, um, just realize that the dynamics in there may never reach an actual true mastermind. So maybe let's find a different term to use for it. Um, and in a guru-driven thing, like, for example, Michael Hyatt has a, a mastermind group that he leads and Russell Brunson has an inner circle mas- mastermind he leads for marketers and, and um, James Met- Wedmore has one. And, and there's a lot of these that go around and um, it might be 10 entrepreneurs in a room and like a guru person, a leader person, a facilitator. So he may allow or she, he or she may allow the members of the group to go around the room and talk about their issues and help one another. But the information still gets distilled through that final, that final voice, that final filter. 
and then relayed back as, okay, this is the gospel on this one. This is the, this is the takeaway, you know, and, you know, at the end of the, it was the person that speaks last and, and usually wraps it up by saying, oh, at the end of the day, this is what we need to learn. And so the person that's in that kind of a power position, um, then if, if you have that in your group, then, you know, you're in a kind of a guru led mastermind. And the takeaways from those are very different than you get from a peer driven mastermind. And I'm not going to take the stance that one's better or worse. I, I do have my opinion on that. But the point being, you need to be upfront about what it is you're looking for when you're looking for a mastermind group and make sure you get in the right one. Um, because they often don't give you the same output. Yeah, that's a, this is really fascinating. And there, it's really relevant, actually, to something that happens over at Lifter LMS, our software product for course builders. Our highest end bundle is called the Infinity Bundle. And with that includes a access to a weekly call, which I used to call office hours. Right. And I run that every week. And a lot of the power users and people who are new to this tool getting set up, they, they, they have questions. A couple of things started happening. One of it was people started asking a lot of strategy questions and other just five hats questions outside of technology, which is the actual product they sell. Right. I would answer those questions. And then I realized other people on the call, these are ranging from anywhere in the early days, like five people. Now they get up to like 30, 40 people coming in there. Um, I realized there was a lot of wisdom in the crowd yeah. and I, I have no ego in terms of like, I have to be the one to answer if this other person over here has a lot of experience with Elementor or this marketing strategy or this teaching method. Yeah. It, it, it kind of organically became a mastermind and yeah. I changed the name of the product from being called office hours to office hours mastermind. And, um, just to, and I'd love your feedback on this. I want to share with you the format and then look for any tips you might have on how to improve it. Um, but first of all, I, I do kind of facilitate it. Like I come in there, I open the call, I'm in there. Um, what I do at the very beginning, just like in-person masterminds I've been to where we'll take an agenda, I'll be like, what do people want to talk about? And I'll basically create the list and make sure that nobody gets left out or that we work within the time we have to get to the list. We don't really do any like prolonged hot seats. It's more just like we work the list with as much time as we can within the hour. And I'm more, I see myself as a facilitator, even though I'm kind of the, I guess the guru, I guess it is a guru mastermind, but mm -hmm. I'm not always the one with the final answer. Right. Uh, so I think maybe it's a little bit of hybrid. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, it's become an amazing thing. People yeah. have created business partnerships inside of there. People's courses or membership site platforms have gone from like struggling to solid. Um, you know, people have just developed relationships outside of, outside of that call and they didn't know each other before this call. Right. It's evolved to a lot of different things. Um, and just as a side note, I've been to other like more true peer-to-peer -peer masterminds and me personally, like I do see how that, if I had to take a stand of which is more valuable, the peer-to-peer the -peer with like a small group of three to five people, that those are the most valuable, like in terms of the results I've gotten from attending. But I do find that this kind of rolling admission uh mastermind I have some people have come all, since they join they just stay and they say that's the reason they stay with everything 
I've even had people get out of like hospital beds to go to the car to join the call. And I'm like, wow. what's going on here? What have I created here? I was just yeah. trying to do live technical support and it turned into a mastermind. So I know I, I'm throwing a lot at you, but whatever that is, how do I make that even better? I don't, I don't know that there's, and I, I don't want to get into a semantics discussion, but lar- largely it is because I don't know that there's a better word for what it is that you've created there <laughs> yeah. because um, and, and being strictly, you know, just referencing what Napoleon Hill's definition of it was, um, he, he first started talking about masterminds in a, in a, in a, in a book he, he wrote based on speeches he gave on the road. He was, he was like a touring self-help guru, right? And he would just give motivational speeches. He was one of the earliest motivational speakers. And so he codified his slides, basically his deck into a book called the laws of success. And this was just the stuff he would speak about. Obviously they didn't have, you know, PowerPoint or anything back then, but this is, this is the notes that he would just always talk about. He put it into a book written form called the laws of success. And then in there, he was talking about mastermind groups. And then he went further with the mastermind Alliance, a mastermind group and masterminds um, concept in the book, think and grow rich. So for him, any group of people that got together would always be smarter as a whole than any one individual person. And that can happen one time. So if you're like at at an event and you're, you're all out to dinner and there's 10 people sitting around the table talking about whatever the the issue is, business or relationships or whatever, it's, it's going to be amazing because just that's the way humans are. It's just like Lego pieces you get put together in a way and you're like, wow, we are a different thing altogether. And so I, I don't know that it, I, I don't have a problem with you calling it mastermind. Um, you know, back in the day, like, um, I don't know how you facilitate the discussion if, uh, and how closely you facilitate the question and answer, or if it's just kind of a free for all. But I mean, we've seen things from like, remember the Donahue show, you know, where it would just, <laughs> or, or it's, you know, or, or, or the old, or the early days of Oprah or, or Sally, right. Jesse Raphael, these talk shows would be, they'd have a topic and an expert maybe on, and then the host would walk around the audience getting everybody's ideas on that topic okay. and handing them a microphone. And the audience members would talk to each other across the, across the room. And it was like, there's a mastermind on TV going on right now, you know? Right. And, um, I, I, the only reason I remember that is because, you know, when I would be home, like on a sick day and my mom would be watching it. Right. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, this thing has, as, 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 old as humans are, these things have been happening. So I don't, I don't have a problem with you calling it a mastermind, but it's definitely a facilitated guru led event that you're having there. Um, I've seen it called like office hours is is still a great name for it. I don't know why that's not a good name or a round table or um, um, a town hall. I've seen it called, Um, but mastermind's fine too. Um, I think that's perfect. The only things that make it different from the peer led version is that in what you're talking about, a person that comes to that event and they get business advice, they don't necessarily know who it is that's giving them feedback, giving them advice. They don't know their qualifications for, for, for where they came from in that answer. You know what I mean? Like I might be giving somebody a legal advice on how to deal with a client that won't pay in, in a, in a, in a, in a session like you're describing, but they don't know if I'm an agency owner or if I just have some thoughts on it. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't know if I've been there or if I'm actually a lawyer, they don't know, you know? So I think that's the real benefit of like a true, like three to five person, the doors are locked, the relationship, there's no new people coming and going. Yeah. And it's like the people are vetted, you know, in, in some way, 
even if it's just a matter of over time, I've learned about them. The people, you know, you can trust them. You know where they're coming from. You understand where that point of view is coming from. Um, so that's maybe an advantage of the, the smaller group over the bigger group, similar to like a Facebook group, right? You don't know who's reading your question. You don't know. Usually you don't know the qualification. Like if Pat Flynn replies to me, I understand who Pat Flynn is. Right. But most of the time, the people that reply on just a random entrepreneur Facebook group, I don't, I don't know them. you know, I don't know how much is, you know, for show and marketing speak and versus how much they've actually accomplished or what their business is really doing or what their expertise really is. Um, whereas in mastermind jam and, 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 and in a peer group, you'll, you'll find that we, we work really hard to, to vet the people and make sure you can trust with that advice you're getting. Um, the same thing, like there's a lot of internet forums you can go to and, and get advice and you'll get tons of feedback. I mean, you can go to Reddit slash small business or Reddit entrepreneurship and you'll get all the advice you can handle. Right. Yeah. But there's zero way to vet where that information came from. You don't know if at the other end of the, the handle, that's like, you know, baby bear 32. You don't know if that's Chris Lemma on the other end or just some random kid in his basement. You don't know who's giving you this business advice, no matter how well written it is and how researched it seems to be. You also don't know if it's like got a foundation and real experience. I think that's a really good point. When I'm, if I ever want to like get a discussion going in our Facebook group, which is not part of the product, it's just an open Facebook group for course creators. Um, I figured out a long time ago that if I write the first sentence is, can I get your opinion on something question mark? And then I ask the question, I'll get like a flood of like, that's what Facebook groups are for. People ask questions, yep. people answer, but that's very different from a curated like group. That's like where people are like in relatively the same kind of area or whatever it's. Yeah. And that's okay. There's a place for that Facebook kind of just f free for all. Oh That's, yeah. <laughs> not to discount it. Yeah. yeah. It's not, I'm not saying don't go to Facebook and ask questions. Don't go to Cora and ask questions. You know, yeah. by the way, I'll say that Cora has a leg up because at least you see some credentials, you know, LinkedIn has a little bit of this where you can actually click on their profile and learn yeah. more about them. It's like, who is this guy? He seems smart, but can I really trust it? Um, Facebook less so, um, but it still has its place because let's face it, a lot of the times we're not asking like a crucial business tactic question. We're not asking how should this le legal letter be structured. A lot of it is just like self-confidence issues. Like you already knew the answer. You just wanted somebody else to affirm that you're on the right track. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially those of us who are not lucky enough to like live in the Valley or be in Y Combinator or, or be in some like tech stars in Boston where you have like this crucible of business knowledge all on, you know, applied to you or in some kind of MBA program. Maybe they have this. Most of us are like far flung, you know, I want to actually, actually ask you about this topic specifically. Um, so course creators, another name for them as a group is education entrepreneur, which is a subset of a type of entrepreneur. These, these are people creating online courses, memberships, coaching programs, right? events, things like that. Uh, as the internet has democratized publishing and how anybody can really be a course creator and try to figure out how to build these types of programs, the tools are accessible. I, I think never before in history have entrepreneurs because of technology, because of global markets through the internet, they've never been so isolated, say for a few areas like you described, like Silicon Valley and, and these incubator hubs and things like that. But I, I wanna just kind of ask you in general, 
why do entrepreneurs get so isolated and uh you know education entrepreneurs and how can a mastermind really help get people unstuck who are feeling like i live somewhere out in the country but i'm reading all these books and studying all these things and i'm building my side hustle business or whatever um it's a lonely road. It sure was for me <laughs> and, and masterminding was huge for me, but I was just right. hoping you could speak more to that isolation that entrepreneurs specifically come into contact with. I, I, most people are raised to not be different, right? I think there's a concept called crab barreling crabs in a barrel where um, the concept is if you've got a barrel full of crabs and one of them starts to climb toward the rim, the other crabs will pull him back down, right? Humans do this to each other from the time you're put together into classrooms in school all the way through college, business, you get on a career track. And I think a lot of it's that just most people aren't entrepreneurs, right? Do you know so, any of the stats? I think I, I heard once like 5% of the population. And I also just want to add that I didn't even realize I was an entrepreneur, entrepreneur until I turned 30. Like right. I didn't even know what that was. Right. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> even a label you put on it, right? Because yeah. a lot of the labels you might get from your family of this guy just, he's never happy in a job <laughs> or he, he was always a cut up in class and, or he was, or he's, he's never satisfied. <laughs> never satisfied. He's always taking charge and he always wants more. And you don't put entrepreneurship label on that. Yeah. And um, there's, there's a lot of, by the way, there's a lot of ways we can go with this discussion too, because like if a, if a boy exhibits those traits in school, he's labeled very differently than if a young girl is, exhibits these traits. Um, so it's, it's, people are very cognizant of somebody's stepping out when I, wh the way I was raised, very poor upbringings, but everybody in my town was either a farmer or you worked at a local factory. Right. Yeah. And, um, the people that would label themselves as entrepreneurs were always um, considered to be people you couldn't trust. Like, oh, he's he's an entrepreneur. That means he probably sells Amway. He's a door-to-door -door cut-co knife salesman. Hustler. He's doing anything but providing for his family, right? Because he, he, whatever reason, he's too good to have a job, so he's got to go and be an entrepreneur. And there was never this translation of, but, you know, you know that job that he could go and get? Who's the owner of that business? An entrepreneur. Like who's giving these jobs in the community? Entrepreneurs. Who owns that construction company? An entrepreneur. Who, who hires you know, the, that fleet of five vans that drives around town for, with the Roto-Rooter insignia on the side? Who owns that franchise? And what were they like before they had employees and success? And yeah. Like yeah, like <laughs> people don't make that leap in their minds. So um, the way I was raised, entrepreneurs were not to be trusted. You, you didn't use that word as a goal. Yeah. Your goal was to just stay on the path, follow what everybody else is doing, and hopefully you get a good job at a good factory with a good pension, right? Or you've, you maybe found a way that you could get hired onto one of the local farms, you know, and if you're super smart and if your family's got a lot of money, you could be a doctor or a lawyer. That's just the way I was raised, right? So I go through college and like, I was hoping to become like a, a music educator, Right. And so I was very deep in the education space and there was like, this was especially true there. Like you had to, you had to follow established teaching curriculums and you had to do everything a certain way, get your, get your student teaching hours in. And, and <clears throat> there was very little path to step away and to do something entrepreneurial. 
And you were always frowned upon for that. Um, people who wanted to try different ways of educating kids or, or, you know, all these different things. So, and then to realize I'm just not satisfied here at school doing what I'm doing. Oh no, by the way, I have a part-time job as a web developer. Maybe I should do that. And they're like this flood of people are saying, what are you doing? Like even the girl is dating at a time. She's like, you know, if, if, if you drop the major, I, I don't, I think we, we have to break up. Like that's just ridiculous. Right. It's like crabs climbing out of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. And then, so like, it would just got to the point one day I remember on, I don't know if you remember, I don't know how old you are, but it, I'm if, 40. Okay. So I'm 41. There was a, there used to be a site called excite.com and yep. excite had a job board, excite jobs. And so I was, I was just fed up one day and I just wanted to see if there was a job doing what I was doing with better hours in, in the town, the college town that I was in. And it was just a part-time job. And I accidentally stumbled upon full-time job listings for doing what I was doing for part-time work just to make my rent while I was a music education major. The reason I chose music education was because at University of Illinois, it was 100% job placement rate. And um, growing up so poor, that was amazingly important. And like my high school band director, he he got out of college making $25,000 a year. Me, my mom never made more than twelve grand a year. And so that was just like amazing, like 25 grand for one person. Yes. That's like the jackpot. Right. And so I was just, that was my path. And so I was just looking for a better job so I can pay rent while I'm getting my, my education degree. I go on excite jobs and for exactly what I'm doing part-time the starting pay is 40 grand. And it's just like pff, epiphany. It's like, what? Like this thing that I do on the side it, just to make rent that I love a lot more than my actual major. I love it a lot more than teaching kids. I love it. I mean, I just love the work. You mean people are paying more for these kinds of jobs, right? So society started validating it. Well, my society didn't. Yeah. The circle I was in didn't. Right. They, they you know, and it became clear that, wait a minute, my path is a little different here. There are other paths. Yeah. And then so when I was, I, I left school. Like I, did, I never completed that degree. I left, I went away and to, to pursue that career while I was in that career. Still I'm being held back by these thoughts of entrepreneurs are not to be trusted, but I just happened to find a job path that was better than the factory or the music teacher or the, or the farmer. Right. And so I still didn't have this knowledge that you could, you could start a business until I started talking to the CEO of that company. Right. And I got, to learn, I got to go to meetings with CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Was that like a mentoring relationship, or what would you call? Not that? on purpose. Not on purpose. Just kind um, of a, just reaching outside, reaching out. Yeah, me asking a lot of questions and him just having a huge ego, and he just loved when people asked him questions, <laughs> and he felt smart. Right? Guy was a jerk, right? But it was like <laughs> huge ego, and he just loved it when people put him on on a mentor role, right? And and I found that. <clears throat> He wasn't, um, he wasn't coloring his answers. He was just eager to answer because that made him feel smart, right? But he was still giving me great advice on, on marketing and business and entrepreneurship and stuff, stuff I had never known about. And then so I just decided um, one day that, wow, entrepreneurship is actually a thing that you can do and give your family a good life, not be looked down upon, feel good about yourself, feel like you're actually helping the world. Um, so anyway, a long way to answer your question. I think it's just most people aren't entrepreneurs. Most 
people are going to tell their kids, tell their friends to do the thing that most people are doing. And that's just kind of the way humans are wired probably for a survival mechanism, right? And stay in the school of fish. Um, so I, I just think that's the way that happens where, um, you know, the first time you walk into a conference, whatever, whatever the conference is, it always just, it happens to so many first time conference goers. You walk in into the room and you start talking to people. Maybe you go to lunch with some people and you're like, wow, these are my people. Like I finally found my people, you know, there's, they're all in a room together. I'm not weird. Like they're all weird. Like that. They're all just like me. They're, these people are, are successful doing the thing I, I'm aspiring to, to do. And it's like, it's a whole paradigm shift. It just changes, changes your context. And you, there's just no going back after that. So yeah, it's mastermind groups are a way to take that feeling. When you go to a conference, for example, of that's, those are my people. You know, like, especially me living here in the Midwest, surrounded by farms and factories and steel mills and, you know, whatever. And to have that feeling all year long, though. So I'm here in like an entrepreneurship desert, working in my basement, like literally, you can see my basement. And I can go and have a mastermind group call with other entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter that my community is not filled like Silicon Valley. I can't just walk down the street and run into 16 other entrepreneurs. Like I can just get on Skype or Zoom or whatever and have a conversation with them. It's, it's a magical, powerful thing that's going on right now that even 10 years ago, it was really a, a tough thing to get in touch with other entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's amazing how fast um, the times change and how, you know, like video, internet, VoIP technology is just ubiquitous and how yeah. small the world really is. Yeah, I want to I want to go into the social component of your mastermind jam software and, and just the mastermind uh, in general. But before I do, there was a, something from your story that I wanted to ask you, which was um, this is not a beginner problem. This is more of an intermediate problem that entrepreneurs or specifically education entrepreneurs face where when they do start getting traction and like, like with you, let's say you got that $45,000 thing or something starts working. It actually worked. Like a lot of entrepreneurship is failure and hustle and grinding and trying to find product market fit and innovate and create value. Uh, but once you do, I notice in education entrepreneurs and really in a lot of entrepreneurs, especially bootstrapped entrepreneurs, they rarely it's they don't stop to celebrate success enough, but more insidious than that, when things are working, like where you are able to pay your bills or, you know, do things that you haven't been able to do for a long time, like eat out or eat good food or whatever. Like, but, um, I noticed some people will carry that stress of the hustler, like just, they'll just hang on to it. Yeah. And it just keeps going. And, it's fine. I mean, it's kind of like a battle fatigue thing. Like you just kind of get in the mode and you're just, you're just going, 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 going. But in the long term, the compounding impact of stress is not healthy for the entrepreneur. Do you have any thing from your story or in all your interactions with other entrepreneurs that you can share of like how to relax a bit or how to make that transition from okay, I'm validated. It's working. How, how can I maintain more balance so that I'm not stressed out constantly? Um, I don't have a magic answer to this, but I'll tell you what I've been learning and what I've, I'm doing. Um, stress is a huge, huge problem, especially when you're isolated. Yep. Um, 
again, back to me being like in an entrepreneurial desert, I feel like here, um, <clears throat> it's very easy just to feel guilty all the time and feel stressed all the time. Like for me, um, it manifests itself as guilt a lot of the times. So I'll be working late. Like I have a day job still, right? Yeah. And I'll be working um, after the day job on my, on my business. And then I'll feel guilty while I'm doing it that I should be upstairs playing with my kids, having, you know, having moments with my wife, helping with dinner. Um, and then I'll hear the mower start up in the backyard. My wife is mowing. I was like, Oh, I'm a failure as a husband too. I'm not even mowing the yard. Like the simplest things I'm not even doing because I'm in here in front of a computer. You know, I just feel like a complete failure sometimes. And it's just all in my head. And then other times I'll feel guilty. I'll be playing with my kids or mowing the yard or, or having a date night with my wife. And I'm thinking, but you're not working on your business. Yeah. I'm thinking, (laughs) man, this is time I could really use working on that new course or, or working on that new initiative for the business. Like I keep talking about how I don't have time to get that thing done for my, my side business, but yet here I am having um, Chinese food with my wife. Right. And so you feel guilty about that. And then you feel guilty about feeling guilty. Right. (laughs) It's like you get in this weird spiral. Yeah. And, um, it's like, why am I, why am I not fully present with my son here with the Legos? I shouldn't be thinking about business. So now I'm feeling guilty that I felt guilty, you know? And it's like, so for me, that's when the, the people in my mastermind groups outside of the meetings, like between the meetings, the between the meeting communication for me is just as important as the meetings for the meetings. I'm very focused on the, on the objective and the goal, but between the meetings, um, it becomes a support network. Um, and people that were in mastermind groups past, I still stay in touch with. And even though we're not a mastermind group anymore, our businesses have moved at different paces. I can still check in and be like, dude, it's, I'm having a hard week. How how have you been? You know, and he's in Australia, right? And it's like, how have you been? And, um, and so we'll, we'll just get a chance to just do just real talk. And it's like friendship. And so, you know, more than the mastermind groups, it's just a great way to really, um, build a deep level of trust and, and like that you develop that shorthand, you know, that old friends get, but you develop it in kind of a a short amount of time. So for me, the mastermind groups have helped there too. Um, and then, you know, you get to a certain level of stress and, um, and depending on what those side effects are of that stress, whether it's affecting your health or it's affecting your marriage or your relationships, sometimes you even need to seek a professional, you know, if, if it's leading to depression, seek help. If it's leading to problems in your marriage, get help with your marriage. It's okay to go to couples counseling just to help you better talk to your spouse about what's going on in your head. Because a lot of it is, even though it's just in your head, it's, that makes it 100% real, right? Yeah. So, um, and you need to find a way to, to share with your family, your loved ones, your friends, what's going on in your life so that your support system can really help you as, as best as it can. That's awesome. Well, thanks for masterminding with me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a real issue, especially for everybody, but especially entrepreneurs. Oh, I, I, I still deal with it daily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's especially cause I work, it's, I work remotely. So I actually have an office and a beautiful standing desk and, and, you know, you know, a pass to a beautiful parking garage and they, they have all these amenities at this office building in Chicago. I never go there. I'm always working here. I'm, I work full time at home, unless there's a meeting at a client's uh, headquarters or something like that. 
I'm usually here working in my basement. So I'll put the kids on the bus in the morning, come down and work, get the kids off the bus in the afternoon, get them a snack and come back and work some more. And I'm, I'm working into the evenings on mastermind jam and on weekends on mastermind. And it's like, I look at this basement a lot, you know, <laughs> and it's really easy to just get in your head and just to start living the stress. Like, um, it's, it's been probably the entrepreneurship has been one of the greatest journeys for me, but like physically it's been a horrible journey for me. I've gained a hundred pounds. I've, you know, I just, I'm really hard on myself. Um, getting this latest, um, platform release for mastermind jam out there, the software, um, because before it was just kind of a service. So I added this whole platform component and that took almost 10 months of just like, you know, I would sleep four hours and then the rest of the day was just nonstop thinking or working on mastermind jam. Um, so even like what, doing my day job, my brain is working on this other thing. You know what I mean? And, uh, I would get up and, and, um, get the kids on the bus immediately work on mastermind jam, go to my day job, work on mastermind jam over the, the, the lunch hour, skip dinner. You know what I mean? It's just horrible. And, uh, I'm finding, I just need to force myself to have some balance. Um, go to the gym, Ken, go, go jog your ass around the block, Ken, you know, things like that have to happen. Um, because, um, it, it, the balance is just so hard to restore. And so you have to heal. Like I, I told you before we started the call, you know, going to Cabo press this year was amazing just for my wife and I, you know, it was a no brainer for us to like upgrade our room and have like an, a slightly fancier room with an ocean view just to kind of heal our marriage a little bit because it had been such a stressful year leading up to it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think you just have to realize it's an issue, identify it and then, um, take it. It's always baby steps every day to make it better. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about mastermind jam, the software. Okay. Uh, masterminding is amazing. I attribute all, or just the fact that my business is still alive to masterminding. It's the number one thing that has helped me not only sur survive in business, but also thrive for a lot of reasons. So let's assume you listening or watching this out there don't have a mastermind and want to get involved. What does Mastermind Jam offer? Mastermind Jam offers the ability to join or create a mastermind group um, today, this week, and um, give you all of the tools that you need to make sure that mastermind group for the life of it is a success that you can get the most out of it and realize that mastermind groups, as we've discussed, have a life span and it's not a commitment forever, but uh, get into a mastermind group, um, help you grow your business. And then as you need to find a new mastermind group that can help you move further. That's um, awesome. Well, so what? that's what the platform is for. It used to be a, um, sorry to interrupt. It used to yeah. be a, a service where I would, I would, physically do the matching of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And then that grew into, I, I created a software algorithm that people would sign up, give me the email address. I would have them go through the onboarding questionnaire, but still behind the scenes, there was this algorithm. There's like opaque black box process. You didn't know what was going on, but it was working on finding you an ideal match. And then once it found one, it would introduce everybody. And then it was hands off from there. I would give people um, advice and materials for how to hold their meetings and things like that, but it was very much just on their own. And I had no way to, to measure engagement. I had no, no way to actually help nurture the whole life of the mastermind group. Um, so it just became obvious talking with customers that everybody was hitting the same hurdles in the same ways um, after they were matched that I needed to make software platform. 
I held off as long as I could because usually the answer for, you know, a business problem is not, let's build a SaaS. You know, it's usually the answer is a lot simpler than that. So I, it started off with just a simple like email automation sequence. And then it went into like, there was an algorithm that did the matching, but there was still like education involved in it. And so now, um, it has grown into this, the software platform, but I'm going to be injecting a lot more to it. Um, Mastermind Jam is going to be growing so much in the next weeks. Um, we're adding a coaching marketplace because <clears throat> the next question that happens when I tell people to get into a, a four to five person peer based mastermind group is the next question people ask is, well, isn't that like the blind leading the blind? Like if we're all around the same level, what happens when we get to a point where none of us have the answer? Which is a great question. So very, very valid what, question. Valid question that happens. And if you're not a part of Mastermind Jam, uh, for any Mastermind group, the the easiest thing you can do is go find an expert to join your meeting for like two meetings. One meeting. Say you have four people in your group. If you have an hour meeting, go to Clarity.fm for the and find an expert on the issue that your mastermind is facing. So if there's four people in the group, and you know, and let's say the the person charges four hundred dollars an hour, great. Each of you pay a hundred bucks, have the guy sit in your meeting. Um, and if you're smart, you're going to do like two meetings, two or three meetings. So the first one is just like education. You can dive into your business with the person looking over your shoulder. He can give you individual help. It's still cheaper than one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's still more individualized attention. Like if you take a course or you read a blog post or you, you watch a three video workshop, you still have to figure out how to apply all that knowledge to your business. Whereas an expert's going to come in and just give you the knowledge you need for your business. And, and by the way, since you're in a group call, all of you are watching each other's advice. So you, you're getting the benefit of, well, he told me to do this right now, but you know, my friend in the, in the call was, is a step ahead of me. He told him to do that. So I know what I got to do next. Cause I, I also absorb that knowledge too. And then maybe you have a follow-up call where you, you just, he, the, the expert, he or she is just available to answer questions like, Hey, I did the thing you told me to, this happened. Now what do I do? And it's perfect time to ask the expert. So that's what we're adding to the mastermind jam service is a coaching marketplace where you can go out and bring in a coach or an expert to your mastermind group, just a short, you know, not forever. It's not like a lifetime commitment to a facilitator or guru. It's just, we got this specific issue. And, um, so that's just one of the things we're adding. Another thing is, um, I, I call it mastermind scripts where it's 135, um, email templates and meetings, um, 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 templates that help mastermind groups, um, get through all of the other stuff, like the whole life cycle about what do I say to people on the first call? You know, yeah, how do I introduce process. myself? There's yeah. process. So that's awesome. Yeah. Putting that so, together. so that helps apply the process to the thing. And then the third thing is some people are reluctant to get into a group because it feels like such a big commitment. They don't want to make a hasty decision. And it's like, well, you know, if I'm going to be in this group for like four years, I, I better make sure it's the perfect one. And so they'll, you know, dabble with three or four different groups and they won't commit to any of them. And so to kind of get people over that fear, you know, we're doing six week intensive mastermind sprints where it's just pick a topic. We're going to form a mastermind group that just solves that one topic in six weeks or addresses that topic, gives you a quantifiable result. And the magic of that is you, you come away with a takeaway, almost like a challenge or a workshop. But even better is you've done it in a group setting. So you've, you've grown together as a group. You've learned to trust one another. You have weekly check-ins for six weeks. And maybe at the end of it, you like that group and you just want to continue on. 
and congratulations, you've got a mastermind group. Or you didn't. Fine, you can reshuffle and do another six-week trial with a different group of people. And so it, it kind of lowers that, that, um, that load, that, we, that cognitive, cognitive load that we put on mastermind group um, where it, it kind of removes some of the awkwardness from meeting new people because it's just six weeks, right? You can do anything for six weeks. Um, so those are the things that are coming up in mastermind, mastermind jam. So on top of the software, software allows you to interview people and, um, say, say you're in a group that you need one more member on, you can take applicants and then screen those applicants. So everywhere in the, in the system, it says apply. You don't just go into the group room and sit down and like sit at the back and watch the meeting happen. No, you, you've got to apply to join the group. And they get to determine if you're a good fit if, and you yourself um, can determine if it's a good fit. So when you see groups that have spots available, there's an apply button and then right next to it is a compare button. And so if you've ever purchased like a tech gadget on Walmart or Target or on BestBuy.com, you know, like you're picking out, you know, three different um, stereo systems, you can kind of put them in three columns next to each other and then look at their facets and determine which, how they rank up against each other. Same thing here. There's a compare um, um, feature that allows you to, to put yourself in the first column and then everybody else in the group and then to determine if this is going to be a good fit. Do you see that your strengths complement their weaknesses and vice versa? Do you have similar revenue numbers? Are you all in, in day jobs or not in day jobs? Are, are you all married or are you not married? Uh, once your availability, you know, are, are you in similar time zones or is one person halfway around the world and, in, and, and is not available when you're available? So um, it allows you to make really informed decisions and really get to know the people and kind of take away some of that mystery before your first meeting. That's fantastic. So that's it. Mastermindjam.com. It is. Ken, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And thank you for helping unpack the five hats problem. As you were talking there, I was imagining a group of five people, five course creators in a mastermind that one of them was like strong in each of those hats. If you can bring that together, I could only imagine how unstoppable that group would, would become as, as they learn from each other. And what you said about the apply buttons and everything, I think the key to mastermind success, at least in my experience as well, from this conversation is the, the creation of the group. Number one, the world is a big place. Number two, you're not alone. And you only need a small handful of people out of the entire world's population that can have tremendous benefit for each other. Correct. So, uh, yes. Yeah. That's, well, thanks for having me on. This has been a great discussion. Yeah, I appreciate it. So head on over to mastermindjam.com if you'd like to join a mastermind and uh, explore what Ken's got going on over there. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Unpacking Masterminding and also sharing your personal story. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet. Mm -hmm.